Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that you have enjoyed the last couple of weeks. We talked one entire week on everything men wish that the women in their life knew, what what women need to know about men. And last week we talked about women, what you need to know about women, everything they wish that you knew about them. So I hope those those have been helpful. They're always very fun for me to do. And we actually had two really uh, great guests. We had Mark Hancock, who is uh, the CEO of Trail Life, which is an organization that is kind of taking the place of Boy Scouts, as the Boy Scouts have gone in a pretty different direction from what the traditional Boy Scouts were. It was great to talk with him. He's such um, a great guy and really believes in men and men being men and helping boys to really turn out to be good men. Then we had Karen Kingsbury last um, Friday talking about her new book, and she has such a heart for family, such a heart for really ethics and integrity filling our world and really helping people to experience God through one another and the media that she produces, the books, the movies, the different things that she produces are so powerful in helping us to learn almost through what we would call like a parable form. And it's a great way to learn when we kind of get into somebody else's life And we figure out, wow, that applies to my life. How can I walk that out? So I really encourage you to make sure you hear those two interviews if you weren't able to to listen to them. And so we're starting our new week. And this week is going to be on something that you may not ever have thought about or even considered as something important. And that is Twilight. I've done a lot of research on Twilight, and it is absolutely a fascinating time of day and why God introduced twilight and what twilight really is about. So when God kind of laid this on my heart, I I really did know it was not my idea. And I felt certain that this was a concept that would be very powerful, especially for Americans, as we really struggle with time. And when I say struggle with time, we fight time. We really think that we can control time. And we are very out of sync with the circadian rhythms of the earth, the morning, the afternoon, the night, the sleeping, the waking. We really have no rhythm in our lives anymore when it comes to sleeping and waking and what we're doing. And we race up to the very last, as far out as we can go. You know, we crash and burn. And when we really recognize that we were made from the earth, And if we would live rhythmically as the earth lives, we would be amazed how much better our lives would go. If we let some of those boundaries, if we would let some of those, what what the earth and the way the universe works imposes upon us instead of fighting it all the time. And, And we can study other cultures that are very good about following 
the rhythms of the earth and the seasons of the earth and how much better their lives are and what great strength they have. And they also have a lot more reserves. And so they're not just burning the engine at high levels until it drops. So think about this. See, there's a time, this twilight time is very different. And this was harder for me to put together when I originally put it together. It it didn't really flow like things generally do. It kind of came in patches and clumps and strings. It it just was, it, it really felt very disjointed and very nebulous to me when I was first trying to put this together. And I talked at length with my husband and my friends about this, and they gave me lots of good ideas. But I kept kind of hashing it out, and I I thought, what what am I thinking? What am I researching and studying? What am I trying to put together here? And so it got to the point where I thought, you know, maybe I should do something different. Maybe maybe I didn't hear from God. (laughs) Maybe this is it just didn't seem to be coming together. But I really did know that God had something special in the word twilight, and he just, it just wouldn't go away. And so I came to find out that twilight was much bigger than I had anticipated. Because it seems like such a wisp of time. It just comes and it goes, and we don't really pay attention to it. And, you know, we recognize that it's happening, but we're, we don't really understand what it was made for. So why twilight? Why? What could be so important about this seemingly innocuous time? I mean, it's just a shadow of night and day, kind of like bookends, right? Well, that's important. Bookends. It ends and it begins. And twilight is this beautiful time that either begins something or ends something. Because we know that anything God created is never without significance. It always has meaning. He doesn't have thoughtless gestures. So all things are crucial pieces to the whole. And I was amazed at how crucial twilight is, how very complicated it is, and how God uses it. So I want you to think about twilight and what might be, I, I want to give you a definition of twilight. And, and twilight, this is like the diffused light from the sky And it's during the early evening or the early morning. And it's when the sun is below the horizon and its light is refracted by the Earth's atmosphere. It's it's fascinating. So it's dim or diffused illumination. And it's really considered um, a period or a condition of repose. Now, what does the word repose mean? That's kind of an old word. But it means temporary rest from activity, excitement, or exertion especially sleep. And so it, 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 what, what this condition is considered to do is give this temporary rest, and then it's followed by gro- glo- growth, glory, success. It's a, it's a kind of a state of ambiguity or obscurity. It's like I, I always know for myself, I've told people, anyone that knows me, knows that the late afternoon is like my least favorite time of the day. I don't know what to do with it. And so I think this is one of the reasons maybe why God wanted me to study twilight, because I don't like twilight. I want stuff to either end or begin. I I, I don't, it's this weird time. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself. So it was a very helpful project for me to put this together. 
So this ambiguity, this obscurity, and, and it's also, it's the ending of a phase or an era. Like, think about the twilight of the Obama administration, the twilight era of the Bush administration. It's like what was happening as it was ending, as it was beginning, it was coming, winding up to a complete end. So we have twilight, the end of our senior year in high school. Think of it like that. It's these different times where it's a beginning and it's an ending. And so most photographers, what I've come to find, don't really understand, is that once the sun disappeared, there's this whole new opportunity that begins. Because there is actually plenty of usable light. It's just different. Because twilight, this period between night and day, like we said, it's caused by that refraction of the sun's rays. But there are three phases of twilight. And that was a huge thing for me to learn. And each of those phases is very distinct, very unique, and it opens up all kinds of different worlds of opportunities. So when we look at this, we see that the period of time that leads up to sunset, or directly after sunset, now these are the most popular times, I guess, apparently for photographers, because the light's beautiful and it's perfect for portraits and landscapes. And the sunlight's diffused, it's less harsh. It's beautiful warm tones, all this, this type of stuff. And sunrises are also popular because the sun acts as another, has this interesting element in, in photographs because of the low relative position to the horizon. So I think there's something very spiritual about these times of day because they have a way of making people stop and take everything in, if they will. It can be both calming and invigorating. But all across the world, there's always a sunset watching party. There's always walking when the sunset or the sunrise is happening. And the sun hits horizon at different times. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's telling us to either pack something up or wake something up. So when we look at twilight, we have different types of twilight. And I'm not going to go into great detail about all the three different types of twilight. <coughs> Only to tell you it's quite complicated and I had no idea. See, there's, there's civil twilight. And this is the twilight that occurs from the moment the sun dips below the horizon. And it lasts about 30 minutes. And, and this is the twilight that you're able to see because it's the, it's the brightest stars are in the sky at this time, and the planet's like Venus. So the horizon is really visible. And, you know, taking these handheld pictures is relatively easy. Nautical twilight, this occurs right after that civil twilight, and it's in the evening. And it's right before the civil twilight of the morning. So the light started... To, and the, the light has started to dissipate pretty quickly. And now you get that, those silhouettes where things aren't quite as clear. And details are really hard to make out. So as I'm talking to you about this, I know you people that love metaphors and analogy. This is, this is much easier because you're like, wow, different times in my life. Different times in my relationship with someone. Different times in the lives of the people that I love different times in a project that I'm doing. And so nautical twilight 
It's when things are harder to make out. They're more diffuse. An astronomical twilight, this is the last phase. And it's known as astro for short. It's right before nighttime officially begins. So astronomical twilight is saying to us, hey, the night's approaching quickly. It's, it's really coming up. It's right now. So we see the beauty of twilight. And what I really want you to understand is how kind God is to offer twilight. He, he, he puts thought into every single thing that he does. Because imagine if there was no twilight. Imagine if we went from all light to all dark instantaneously. And how harsh it would feel if we were plunged into immediate darkness or slammed into bright light. I mean, you know how it feels when you're asleep and someone comes in and turns the lights fully on. They're like, time to wake up. They don't kind of give you time to, like, wake up. Or imagine doing an activity like driving a car, writing a paper, making dinner, and just like that, it's pitch black. No gradations, no easing in and out of the day or night. So we see how crucial twilight is, just in a natural sense. So understanding twilight a little better, it helps us look at different things, famous twilights in the Bible. Because you're going to have twilight in your life every day, whether it's natural or spiritual, psychological, emotional. You're going to have that moving in and out. And what we find is that very critical things have oftentimes happened in twilight. So we see the Last uh, Supper. Suffer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got these both confused. The Last Supper is when Jesus faces his betrayer. The Last Supper is when he's washing the disciples' feet. He's preparing them for ministry. So for him, the curtain's closing. For the disciples, see, the sun is rising. For Jesus, the sun is setting. For the disciples, the sun is rising. Because this Last Supper, that twilight, led Jesus in to the darkest night of his soul. And he could feel it coming. He could feel the darkness descending. And Jesus said to the Father, Thy will be done. He's betrayed by Judas. He's arrested. And then he begins the walk of the way of suffering. And that was in the early morning twilight when he's betrayed, and he starts walking the way of suffering. Now, I love it when they talk about the sixth hour of darkness fell over the earth until the ninth hour, and the temple curtain was rent. So you see this, this gradation into the very end, which was darkness then. The whole earth was plunged into darkness, and that was the ninth hour. And this is when Jesus had received his last drink. He said, Father, it's finished. He bowed his head, gave up his spirit, and was placed in the grave at sundown. And it was the twilight of the morning that he arose. So you can see, <coughs> excuse me, that twilight moved him into every phase. Each of the phase each of these phases was part of his ultimate calling. Now, this may not be as exciting to you as it was to me. But when I, when I really pull this down and look at this in detail, 
you can see that God has pre-planned everything to make it as easy for humans as he can because he knows how hard it's going to be. So he's giving you twilights in your life. And I want you to recognize them so you don't race through them. You don't resist them. Because a twilight can mean a great thing is coming. A twilight, though, can also mean a very difficult season is coming. But what we do know about the sun rising and setting is that it always rises and it always sets until the end of the age. So that tells us, metaphorically, that there is a beginning and an ending to all things. So whatever trial or tribulation you're in right now, there will be an ending. And many times it can be leading to a glorious thing. And this was the life of Christ. This is what he's wanting us to emulate, that he had the darkest night of his soul. He died. He's laid in the grave. And he has an amazing awakening. So many times we know that when the darkest times are there and something is dying, if we trust our Lord, then we know that the darkness is leading us to the light. And the darkest time is right before the sunrise begins to occur. That's the darkest night is right before the sunrise. Not midnight, but right before sunlight begins to come is some of the darkest hours of the night. So you're in good company. Because the new day, the sunrise, is always coming. So think about twilight when you're thinking about your life because it moves each of us into our ultimate calling if we will let it. <clears throat> so Jesus moved naturally through twilight into each step of his next process. So the night prepared him to face the next day. And the day sometimes is the expression of the previous night. I mean, there's so much information and contradiction about the time he died and when he rose. But there's no argument about Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice that occurred in twilight. His betrayal, his arrest, his trial, his crucifixion, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension all occurred in twilight, even so his birth. These are very special times, and I think we miss them. I know I do. I am not great about recognizing twilight. I see it as a necessary, it's just this weird time that we have to kind of get through. Instead of recognizing what, wow, what is it telling me? It's telling me to either slow down or it's telling me to ramp up. So we always want to think about in the Old Testament, there's always a sacrifice at both twilights, dawn and dusk. Twilight is this time for sacrifice, and it offers sustenance if we will let it. Because in the Old Testament, it was the death that was covering the night or the death that was covering the day so that life could occur. So there's always a death for a life, and that's what the Lord did. So what we want to think about is this is why we have the elements of communion. So sacrifice starts the day and sacrifice starts the night. Something has to die, even if it's just the night or the day. And you know how often I have talked about this concept that the Lord gave me about something has to die in order for something to live. 
and looking in our own lives, what has to die in my life to bring the life that God is wanting me to have? Am I willing to go through that dark night of my soul and let that thing die so that I actually have a brilliant sunrise? Because twilight is always indicating the beginning of something, a change, a transition. And we often don't know if twilight's leading us into deeper darkness or leading us into brighter light. Is it dawn or is it dusk? But it's crucial. And I've really tried in my life, after I really studied this and and really wrote about this, to recognize when the morning is coming and when evening is about to, to ascend or descend, I'm sorry. And so to remind myself What's happening? What is God having me for in, in this day and preparing for the day? The, sun, the, the, the early morning time, the sun rising, is me being warned that God has given me another day. And he's saying, I want you here one more day. I have things for you to do in this day. So prepare for the day. And the sunrise, and the, indicating that, helps me to energize for that day, knowing that the day won't go on forever. Isn't that kind of how God said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give them a day and a night. I can't give them a night forever or a day forever. And so I know if I will let myself recognize that the day will end. It won't go on forever. So if it's really good, it's going to have to end. I'm going to have to allow that God brings a new good day for me at some point. But if it's a really bad day, I can know it's ending. It has to end. And it's recognizing that this is what twilight does. It's the beginning and, and the ending of something. So I want you to think about twilight as it applies to you. Because it's moving us into a new phase. It's indicating the end of a phase or an era. It's a time of preparation. Ask yourself, am I in the middle of my day right now? And I'm talking metaphorically, spiritually. Maybe your children are in junior high and high school. Wow, I'm in the middle phase. This is like 12 noon with my kids. And as they get older, we're going into the afternoon. Because that childhood time will end when you're the parents of children that are dependent on you. And the new day will rise where they start their life of independency. So ask yourself, where am I in these different areas of my life? Where, If you're trying to to, um, add a habit or, or quit a habit, where am I? Am I in the middle of the day of this habit? Am I at the beginning of this habit and maybe I could end it sooner? Am I at the ending phases? Where am I in this process that God has me in? So know that it's God's kindness that leads us to change gradually. It's all about his timing. It's his perfect timing. So we're going to talk more about this idea of twilight and how we let rhythm run our lives much better. And we're also going to talk about change. How do we change and what needs to change? And how do we handle the grief and the loss of change, even if it's leading us to a good thing? So God bless you today. I hope this is helpful. I want you to recognize twilight. Where are you in your life? 
and ask God for that amazing guidance that he is willing to give us and thank him that there are rhythms to the world that he's created for you. God bless you in your day. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Have a great day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.